0: Can you imagine doing all the paperwork last spring and uh, getting, you know, all the stuff done for college and then showing up in Portland, Oregon, Salem, Oregon, or wherever, and they look at you and say, who are you? Wouldn't that be a fun adventure? But see, you are expecting there to be a connection there, right? Right? Here's all the, the groundwork done, the, the fundamentals are done, and now you go off and you get started into college and they welcome you, they know you. Oh, you're Gabby or you're McKenzie, or you're Claire Murray or whoever. Okay? You know what? There's a similar, similar connectivity regarding the Christian and the church. And that's what we want to talk about here today. The particular passage we're in Romans, so turn to Romans chapter 12. But there are parallel passages regarding this. Um, Ephesians chapter 4 is another one, uh, and this is a a very basic kind of a thing. Here's the here's the, here's the foundation, the, the framework put up, and now here's the here's the outflow of it, and so. We've come to Romans chapter 12 and now Paul turns and here's the outflow of all his theological doctrinal groundwork. Here it is in Romans 12. And the same thing goes for the book of Ephesians. The book of Ephesians has six chapters. The first three are doctrinally foundation. uh, uh, That's the buildup, the doctrinal foundation. And then he turns, here's, Ephesians 4, 5 and 6. And now here's the outflow. And guess what Ephesians 4 is talking about? The church. The church. And see, that's, the cha- that's one of the challenges that we have in our day. Is that it's not about the individual Christian, as many of us have, have been influenced to think. It's about Christ and His church. And all too often in this world that we live in, in our culture, even in Christian circles, there's an overemphasis on you as an individual, not on Christ and His church. And so it's important that we understand this connection. Here's the doctrine, the foundation, and now here's the outflow. And so we've entitled, I've entitled this message, The Outworking of the Gospel. How Christians relate to the church. Okay? Okay. And it's not just how the Christian relates to the church. Paul doesn't stop there. We, we, we want to keep studying in Romans 12 and 13. And so he's, he's going to be talking about here's the Christian in relation to number one to God in, in Romans 12, one and two. We went over that passage already, right? And that's the, the idea that here's the, the living holy sacrifice Christian. And that's how you relate to God as a living, holy sacrifice but then he goes on to here's how the christian relates to the church and that's what we're going to look at today and then he goes on to say here's how the christian relates to the world or the community or the culture that you live in and he doesn't stop there he goes on to say here's how the christian relates to being a citizen see paul's very thorough actually the holy spirit is very thorough in just giving a a solid instruction for how the Christian is supposed to function in this world. You know, many of us, we get saved, and it's like all we can think about, we just want to go to heaven. (laughs) But we're not there. He's got you here for a reason. Part of it is that you would, you know, well, in an overall way, it's to shine for Christ. That you'd be in Sunday school in here this morning. Be a city on a hill. There's, the, there's a description of the church. That we'd be a city on a hill. Okay? So, we want to look at this, um, this passage, Romans 12, starting at verse 3. And we're going to see if we can get down to verse 8. But we won't worry about it. Because if we don't, we'll come at it next week. Alright? Starting at verse 3. He says, for through the grace given to me, I say to every man among you not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think so as to have sound judgment as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. And then he goes on to talk about the church. And this is important that we see this first point. Here's how the the Christian relates to the church. It starts with the preparation. Number one, the preparation of his mind. The preparation of his mind. And see, again, like he did in verses 1 and 2, he's addressing the individual Christians. And he starts here now in verse 3 with this address to the Christian for a proper self-assessment as to your thinking. Right? Now, how many of you, you've been, you, you have you heard of things that relate to just go by what you feel you know, in the Christian realm? in Christian teaching go by you know how you feel about it go by what you and here's a hard one because in some cases people will say go by what your heart says that sounds right but scripture is telling us to as to how we think first you got to think properly and there's many that don't start with this they start with how they how their heart Field or how their heart leads them. What does the Bible tell you about your heart? <laughs> yeah. Jeremiah 17, verse 9. The heart is desp- desperately wicked. Who can know it? And so it's important that you get things first things first, right? First things first. How are you thinking? when it comes to anything about the Christian life. It starts with thinking. So, and he says here in verse 3, he acknowledges, Paul, the apostle, acknowledges the grace given to him. right? And so with that, that's what's uh, kind of the filter here. It's because he has received grace from God. And so then he says, And I say to every man among you, every person among you not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think. Why did he start there? (laughs) Because he knows how you and I think. He knows how we function, how we react. And how is that? It's about me first and then others after that. That's the tendency. That's the, the tendency. Now, there's some who do. They think of others first, you know. And and Paul is just nailing it in, saying, let's not think more highly of yourself than you ought to think. Okay? Now, what we understand right away is that pride, pride is, at, you know, one of the key issues is what he's getting at pride your pride my pride and so we've got to understand if pride is not dealt with properly it will continue to interfere with your spiritual growth it will continue to interrupt your spiritual growth so you must understand the nature of your heart and your way is that pride gets so easily active there we always used to tell the kids um, how to spell uh, joy and some of you know it you spell joy Jesus, others, and you what a wonderful way to spell joy (laughs) and that's the idea behind the way we ought to think Jesus, others you Okay. so we've got to You've got to understand this, how we think. And the preparation of your mind is what he's concerned about. So he tells us two ways of how to prepare your mind or how to train your mind. Letter A is with sound judgment. There it is in verse 3. Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought, but to think so as to have sound judgment. So we want to understand. What does that mean? Simply means be sober minded. Be in your right mind spiritually speaking and if you were to take the greek word and look at it and understand some other uh key greek words you'd understand here's a compound word that means to have a saved mind to have a saved mind or to i I like this one um to be in your right mind um keep your marker in romans 12 and turn back to luke chapter 8 luke chapter 8 In verse 26, it says that they, the disciples, and Jesus sailed into the country of the Gerizines, which is opposite Galilee. And when he had come out into the land, he was met by a certain man from the city who was possessed with demons and who had not put on any clothing for a long time and was not living in the house. But in the tombs, obviously, you should be familiar with the story. And Jesus ends up healing the man of the demons, right? And look at verse 35. And the people, there's a testimony given, and the people went out, and they went to see what happened, and they came to Jesus, and found the man from whom the demons had gone out, sitting down at the feet of Jesus, clothed in his sober, or right mind. Same same principle word there. In his right mind, in his sober mind. Folks, this is the, the result of a man being saved and healed from his his demons, and this is this ought to be a picture of you as a Christian. You say, "Oh, I wasn't I wasn't screaming and shrieking and being a demon possessed person." Oh, really? You were Christian once in the kingdom of darkness. Hello, who's the father of that? Who's the ruler of that? Satan, and so you know we need to understand here's a here's a picture of of the saved life now and moving on in sanctification all right and so paul uses that similar word here in, back in romans 12 verse 3 think as they have sound judgment okay and it it gets back to this idea of self control in your thinking, okay. Now, there are a couple applications. Uh, the, the application of this guards us from a couple of tendencies. Okay, the application of thinking with, a sound, with sound judgment guards us from these two tendencies. Number one, to think too highly of ourselves. Okay, um, exalted opinions of ourselves. That we don't necessarily share with others, but we have them inside and we entertain them in our minds. And it's really um, more about self-elevating ourselves. And we adults are pretty slick at that, aren't we? (laughs) We know how to do it because we've been at it for a while. but the exalted uh, opinion of all sorts. And it comes through things like our, uh, our college degree or your educational background, whatever it might be. Um, it, it might come with your family upbringing. You've got a, a great, strong, um, long line of family that, you know, really faithful in the community, whatever community it is etc., etc., and those kind of things, you know, build a, a sense of pride, okay? And there's a good sense of pride in, in, you know, faithfulness, right? But it's so easy that that pride can shift over from being a good sense of faithfulness to an attitude of pride, maybe even arrogance, as we say. And it, and it spreads not just in those ways, but into our religious thinking, you know, we look in the scriptures and we read about, you know, the Pharisees and we see their pride over the, being the true Israel. But that was their downfall, was their pride. Even your political affiliation, that's something that your, your pride can get a hold of and, and lead in the way. So we've got to watch out for that. So sound judgment helps us not to think more highly of ourselves than we ought. And by the way, remember that pride, your pride will always rob God of his, what? Of his glory. Okay? And again, some of these are basic things, but we need the reminder here. A second tendency is, and this is more subtle, and that is this. Well, I don't think too highly of myself. I I just, no, I, I just, you know... As a Christian, I just can't do anything. What's that? Thinking too low of yourself. See, God says, have a sound judgment. Don't think too highly of yourself, nor, nor should you be thinking too lowly of yourself in the in the sense that, oh, I just I can't do much in, in the body of Christ. I, I you know, I don't know, you know, and it and it's a downplay of yourself so that. Maybe someone will come up and inflate your pride. <laughs> We've got to watch that. It goes both ways, right? Trying to be humble in the sense of undervaluing your gifts that God's given. Who's given the gifts? God. And somehow there's still people in the body of Christ that manage to come forth and say, well, you know, like, poor me. And it's almost as if they're like the the steward that goes and buries his talents and wastes them. Is that what it's like for you? Are you Are you a believer in Christ? And so, if you're saying yes to that and you're saying, yes, I'm a believer in Christ, then, you know, what's the outworking of it? That's what he's getting at here. And it starts with your mind, how you're thinking. So, think with sound judgment. And when we think with sound judgment, right thinking, sober thinking, it's give, helping us to be alert to the fact that pride is one of the hardest things for us to detect. And we want to be aware of it, how it creeps in so easily on all sorts of things. Okay? If you don't think pride can sneak in on in me and how I um i'm up here in front of you if you're if you're not thinking along those lines you you know it does pride sneaks into all sorts of areas, and we've gotta be on the alert for it and so you know we need to pray for one another in this okay so Be aware of how you're thinking. Well, sound judgment isn't the only one, but then he says, look at verse 3. So as to have sound judgment as, and here's the second one, as God has allotted or distributed to each a measure of faith. So there's a second way of how we should think, and that is by faith. When you have to make decisions, do you think through this issue of, well, I need to exercise faith? And it's not just kind of a a heaving up of, well, I hope it works. I believe God that it might work. No, being more uh, deliberate about it. Think and make decisions based on faith. Now, stay with me on this because there's a procedure. If you're doing it by faith, what does that mean? That you're trusting God. How do you trust God? By believing what He has said. How do you hear what God has said? You read His Word. You know that the Spirit of God will not contradict the Word of God, so you go on the Word of God first and foremost. Be alert to the feelings aspect. Be alert to that. I'm not. I'm not uh, throwing the baby out with the bathwater, as we say about the feelings. But be alert to what is the Word of God telling me? Because I, I can bank. I I, mean, I can bank on that. I want to be careful of my feelings and how my feelings lead and guide. So think by sound judgment and think by faith. Faith is what pleases God every time. Without faith, Hebrews eleven six, it is impossible to please God. And there's other instances of this in the Gospels. The centurion, you know, Jesus turning and saying, I, "I've not seen faith like this in all the house of Israel." A tremendous example. And there's other instances of. The, the, the highlight of faith in, the, in a person's life. Okay? So here, faith is especially related to knowing your gift for the body of Christ. Think of that. Here's the outflow of the gospel in my life. Devotion to God first, right? Devotion to God. Romans 12, 1 and 2. And then how I think is also in verse 2 and verse 3. How I'm thinking... And now it it transitions into into this next one about the body of Christ. All right? So, think with sound judgment and faith. And that is a matter of training. It doesn't just happen to us. You and I have to train ourselves to think in those ways. Stop and, and, and relate to Daniel. Daniel, what an amazing example and it's like we, don't, we feel like, oh, uh, we're not even in his category. I mean, look at him. Why am I not in his category? Why am I not more like Daniel, who is more like Jesus? Well, it's maybe because I'm spending my time wasting it. You know, I'm, I'm not spending my time in the wise kind of ways that God would have me spend my time. You know... You will never know when the the crisis is going to hit. Until what? It hits. And then you are being figuratively squeezed. And what's coming out of your life when you get figuratively squeezed by that circumstance, by that crisis? What are you coming out with? What's been in your heart? And if you get squeezed and you come out with complaint or cursing, something's wrong in your heart. And my friend, you need to be allowing the word of God to richly dwell within you. Believe me, it will happen. Everyone knows that, you know, that's got some gray hairs or maybe not even that, but everyone knows. You'll get squeezed in life. So how's it going to be? So it's a matter that you and I train ourselves with, you know, asking God to help us train ourselves in how to think. Think with sound judgment and faith, the faith that God has allotted to each. He's allotted. He's distributed to each one. Okay. A great verse to, you know, tag along on this. If you're taking notes, is Philippians four, verse eight. Right. Okay. Whatever is true. Whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is good repute, if there is any, what, excellence, if anything is praiseworthy, then think on these things. What a great verse to use to guide you in your thinking. Okay? All right. Preparation of your mind. That's the first thing. Secondly, then, is the priority... Of Christ's body. That's number two. I'll say it again. The priority of Christ's body. And if you have had any familiarity with watching uh, TV preachers. It's hard to find a lot of these TV preachers that are going to say. Now you need to be involved in your local church. You need to be a a strong part of your local church. There might be some. But a lot of them are just saying now if you can sign that check and send it to us, you know, here's what we're doing and here's how we're doing and all that. Now, I'm not sure how to answer that all together. I'm not saying I, I got it all down and figured out. But I. I don't see. I mean, when you read here in Romans and you follow the flow of it, here's the outworking of the gospel and it directs it directs us to the body of Christ and this right here is a representation it's a called a local church we're a local church okay and we've got a bigger body that we're a part of okay but we need to understand that god through his spirit working through the apostle paul to write this down says here's the priority it's in the body of Christ. Starting in verse 4. Follow along as I read it. Verse 4. For just as we have many members in one body, and all the members do not have the same function, so we, who are many, are one body in Christ. And individually members of one another. That phrase, we are one body in Christ. That's the key. And that's the that's the priority. That's what ought to be our goal. Is to see the body of Christ built up in the way that he has given it to us here. So the body is is one of the most popular metaphors for the the church, the family of God. He uses the, the term the body, okay? And so under letter A, we've got, there's many members, but it's diversified. That's the key word there, diversified. Verse 4, just as we have many members in one body, all the members do not have the same function. There's a diversity of gifts given to God's people that shows variety, right? Um, Even though it's not listed as a gift, you know, what Monty does up here, you know, great job. But you get somebody else up here, you know, and it's like, ah! And they're, they're looking down and... All they're doing is reading their notes. You know they don't. Re- That's in a very simplistic uh, illustration, kind of a way. Okay. Um, think of it. If we were all to be uh, just like Deacon Dale White, if if we if if everyone was like Dale in, in the sense of giftedness, we would have, you know, a great time. All the all the thing But you know what? It's not that way. Or if we were all like Chris Ward. Or if we were all like Ron Ward. No, it's all like Woody Swenson. No, it's not that way. You know that. There's members in your body. And here's the picture right here. The body. And there's different members. And there's different giftedness in the body. Okay? So, even amongst um, similar gifts, there's a, a diversity there. Okay, but Then it doesn't stop with the aspect of diversity. It goes on to unity. There's diversity and then unity. Verse 5, you see it? And so we who are many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. My, the members of my physical body do different things, but it's all one body. It's a very simple concept. But why can't we transfer that to the church? we have a hard time transferring that to the church. And so a lot of times what happens in the church is what happened long ago, and that was the separation of of the laity from the clergy. You follow that? It's like, well, you just show up, and and the clergy will do everything. And the clergy, they do the ministry. And you, the laity, you just sit there. And that's, that's false thinking. That's not based on Scripture. Okay? And um, so the idea is that being unified, none of us has all the gifts. There's not one here that has all these gifts that can uh, relate to what he's going to talk about in the next few verses. None of us are, on the same thought, none of us are independent of others and yet that's that's one of our problems is that we we can agree with that mentally but in practice a lot of times we act like we are independent of others and it's like Again, I just go back to the fact of what he said. He said, here's the Christian, and if the Christian is devoted, you know, the Christian is, not if, the Christian is to be devoted to God in his life. A holy, a living, holy sacrifice. <laughs> and now, it's like we want to, in our behavior, we pull the, the disconnect. Because we don't want to be dependent on one another We end up, you know, figuring I'll do it. I'm, I'm guilty of that. I'm guilty of that. I'm the pastor. They pay me. That's what I, I'll just do it. Instead of saying, oh, wait a minute. Wise thinking would say, you know what? Someone else has this strength. I'd be an idiot not to call them. I need to call them and plug them into it. They're going to do a much better job. They're gifted in that way, right? So, the idea that in the body there's diversity, but there's also unity. And the body always functions as a whole. I, I'm not going to be able to you know, split my body in half and have one go that way and, half, and the other half go that way. I can't do that. The body functions as a whole. And that's the idea with the, the cause of Christ. We've been trying to emphasize the need to be a be unified in sharing the gospel with the lost. Right? I hope that's been clear the last few months. We need to share the gospel. Be effective in it. Well, then the idea of, of unity also comes to the, the fact that your, your involvement helps build up this local body. Your involvement. It helps build up the the body at large. Okay? I've been trying to work out physically here with my friend Dale McCarter. And uh, Dale is a great encourager. (laughs) Because I need some encouragement in that way. But he could have me work on on these muscles back here whatever but it's not just for those muscles what i don't know what they're called but there there's an the overall little exercise that i'm doing helps the overall body feel better you know that i've been feeling better through working out it's good i would encourage you my friend in that regard you know If you're not working out, it really helps. Okay? I know, I'm not talking to you guys in the front row. So, but the idea is that then being unified, you know, the body of Christ is a unity. That's what he's saying. But you know what it promotes? It, It promotes this the diversity and the unity together provides a strength and there's interdependence then do you understand that and the interdependence then helps us to remember that you know what it's not about my pride or your pride it's we we want to approach this in a humble way because i need you you know that i mean that's what everyone ought, we ought to be saying in, in the body of christ everyone needs each other right Unity and diversity. Okay, so there's some more implications of this about the priority of the body of Christ. Number one, it's not the priority of the Christian; it's the priority of the body of Christ. And so, you need to, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, it's a matter of saying, "I need to be involved there. I need to be." you know, this is, here, here's how I can serve, here's how I can help. Because he, he moves on to these gifts that we're going to talk about. And he's saying, you know, there are different gifts. And you might have, you know, different abilities and gifts and talents, or whatever, your strengths, to help promote the building up of the body of Christ. All are not Sunday school teachers, right? All are not involved in, you know, um, being on the elder board. I mean, all sorts of different things. And so we understand that every Christian, this passage and others are saying every Christian is a part of it. And that's the idea behind 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5. It's talking about the living stones as a believer you're you know that's that's one of the things you are it's a you're a, a living stone that's put into the building and so what is it that you're adding to the body how has god gifted you and ministry is not a lone ranger thing we've seen that in the past where there are churches that have the the lone ranger You know, he's the pastor and he calls all the shots. And ministry is not that. We are all believer priests. Okay? But leaders have got to promote and encourage every member activity. And you're saying, well, you know, I've tried. I've tried to get involved. I want to be involved. And if that's the case, would you please come and see me and talk to me. I'd like to get a chance to find out what, where the disconnect went. You know, whatever your impression is of coming in on a Sunday morning, it's not like we've got it all together. <laughs> we need people involved in ministry and probably one of the most uh, important ways is that you are, you know, uh, welcoming visitors. That you're, you know, you're encouraging them, um, and there might be someone that you're sitting next to right now who you don't even know, and yet you've seen them here in the past. There's a way that you can help with the building up of this local body. Okay, so we want to show that our our devotion is to Christ and His local church. What is the church all about, right? What is it? Just a quick couple of things. It's the only institution that God promised to build and to bless. Stop and think about that. It, it, it's not the church and a parachurch thing or a church and a college, Christian college university. no. The only thing that Jesus said he would bless and build is the church. Okay? It's the gathering place of true worshipers. Okay? And so we want to, you know, continue to do our best in, in regards to our worship. Which worship is not just on a Sunday morning, it's your life, right? It ought to be your lifestyle. A lifestyle of worship. And this is what I have a problem with. A little side thought here is when people are saying, well, I, I stay at home and watch TV, the TV preacher. You know, granted, there's some really excellent TV preachers, but you're not involved, you know, and I'm not saying you, but in general, you're not involved then in the worship of the body of Christ or the ministry of the body of Christ. There needs to be that person-to-person thing. Okay? Rubbing shoulders with other people. How is it that you grow in wisdom and grow in love by dealing face-to-face with people? Believe me, that's how it happens. And that's how we mature then as a a people of God. Okay? I, I've said this before. I, I really I really enjoy sports. And when you see a team that's working as a team... It's like, man, what got into them they They can't be beat, they cannot be beat because they're they're using each other, they know where each other is, you know, and I love it when you know it's like the guy that has the ball has the quote eyes in the back of his head and he throws a ball and he knows just where that teammate is. I love that, and see not just because you know. It's a sport thing, but because it can happen in our lives here as a congregation. Right? And there's such a huge difference when you see a team working as a team versus a team that's banking on that one superstar or that, you know, a couple of those guys. Well, we are banking on a superstar, he's God. Jesus Christ, the head of the body, He's the one that we need to respond to. He's the head of the body. And we need to respond to Him. We need to recognize that as we function in as a, as a body, unity and diversity, there is strength. That's where strength is. Okay? And so, we will pick up next time with... This issue of the practice of the gifts. The presence and the practice of the gifts. We want to look at that next week. But again, I just want to encourage you about the fact that this is, listen, listen, this is the outworking of the gospel in your life. Do you say that you're a Christian? If you say, yes, I'm a believer in Jesus Christ, then somehow, somewhere, this growth is going to start happening. For, for many, it's already been, you've been growing for many years. But others that are new, that might not be as involved, it's a matter of saying, where do I get started? How do I get started? Where do I get started? God would use us For His glory. Not for our little sideshows, but for His glory. And that's why we need to start with what? Sound judgment and faith. Start with your thinking. That you start thinking in Christ-honoring, Scripture-centered ways, right? And beware... Because I know many of you, you've been in in the family of God for a long time. But beware that you don't get to thinking like, oh, I got that. Because you know what that is. There's pride sneaking in the door wanting to get an advantage. And the Bible tells you and me, you, humble, Christian, you. You humble yourself before the almighty hand of God and he will raise you up. Okay? You and I are called to humble ourselves. And we do that with sound judgment and faith in our thinking. And then here's the priority of why I was saved. To plug in, here's the body of Christ, and to be fruitful in His vineyard, right? Let's stand together. Let's close in prayer. Lord, we thank you that not only is the church what you've promised to build and bless, it's a place where we truly can worship you. The church is what you sent Jesus to come and shed his blood for the church. And Lord, because Jesus is the head, that we know there will be ultimate triumph over Satan and over evil. And we praise You. We praise You for that truth. Lord, I pray that we would be uh, encouraging one another as we continue on as a member, as being involved in Your church and I pray that if anyone's here that does not yet know you, that they would realize that you are God. You are the Savior. You are the way and the truth and the life. And no one comes to you, it comes unto the Father, but through you, O oh Lord. Have your way in our church here. Mold us and shape us. Help us, Lord, to always be ready to shine for you and to share the truth of the gospel with others. We need to do this, Lord. Help us, we pray. We thank you for the the outlook of, of future with you. God, help us as we go now, going out serving you with a glad heart, lifting up your name and your praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.